0: Hey, this is Jim. For the first time in a long time, I've dropped a new episode of my solo show. It is called The Less Than Obvious Podcast, and they're one-on-one conversations with people who've made decisions that people around them didn't necessarily understand at the time, but they felt a strong conviction to do those things, and we talk about the impact of those decisions. So uh, check it out. It's on all the platforms. I'd appreciate it if you gave it a listen. Thanks. (music) You're listening to 50% Facts, the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week, just based on what we already know.
1: Or maybe what we think we know. Then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong. I'm Jim McDonald. And I'm Mike Farr. Welcome to our show.
0: Unrelated, but related. I, I am having so much trouble with my roof really at home and finding someone to get to fix it yeah uh your house is older but not old uh, the
1: base of my house was built in 1949 so the, as yeah. a as a two one but that's not that old because like sacramento uh like our nice houses are like victorians they're like 1800 yep like is kind of an old city although we're on the west coast we're not yeah. as old as like they have castles on the east coast <laughs> but uh yeah. like, and it's ev- like the first place everybody landed yeah, kind of. Yeah. Sacra- yeah, sacra- yeah, Sacramento, Areas, San Francisco. Valley, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: the Valley. Uh, yeah, so my house the, the it was built as a two one in 1949. So post war. Yeah, my uh, whole neighborhood was built up uh, built in that time, and then uh, in 1954 they added a f- big family room, and then in the late 70s, early 80s, somebody built on a uh, a master suite, <sighs> like a two story master s- suite
1: is the roof issue be- the roof because of um the style of roof because of the age or is it just because people are not handy anymore <laughs> uh this is it, because it was poorly designed uh-huh.
0: originally the way that the master bedroom fits into the rest of the house yeah yeah and so i think that there've been leaking problems for a long time like when we bought the house it still had the original like cedar shakes and that had leaked the house had been a rental for a really long time the guy who owned the house was. This is disgusting. He was a child molester. He was a child Ooh. psychologist who was a child molester who was convicted and not allowed to move back into Sacramento County. Oh, that was not disclosed to me until after we bought the house. That's
1: probably illegal now. It, Maybe it wasn't when you bought it. 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 I think mean,
0: it was then too. I mean, if, if 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 the house was a crime scene, they have to disclose that.
1: Even if someone died in the house, they have to disclose. It, yeah, right. I yeah, supposed to supposed that's
0: to cuz you know like what if you get the creeps from from yeah. knowing that somebody died in your house
1: that's crazy yeah uh not only crazy that what happened to you but crazy um uh, <laughs> yeah crazy uh Back that a psychologist would uh, uh oh yeah you know what i mean cuz often when you start to get on that uh side of insane um they're not always crazy high IQ. You start to get to some psychopaths and stuff, and they're just just so off off the normal. Oh, you richer. mean like the, the Joker? Yeah, yeah. Which I haven't seen yet. We'll get into, but 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 for a guy to do that, that's like such a lifelong sick plan. Yeah, right to go to like school for ten years to become a sick fuck.
0: Yeah, I and I live. You know, my house is is oh. two two. It's like one house from a park. Yeah, yeah, which is creepy too. Yeah. Yeah, I we didn't know this until afterwards when the neighbor told us. Oh yeah, by the way, it's like, oh I mean, yeah. shit. I yeah. looked it up and it was like, oh my
1: God. There's some stuff right by my house. Uh, I think, um, for some reason, Sacramento has a high amount of serial killers uh, throughout history. <laughs> yeah. And there's this- Sweet. There's, I think she held like, um in, maybe in the 30s, 40s, 50s, maybe I'm wrong, don't quote me, but uh, <laughs> hence the show. Uh, there, uh, I think she was a- um, not a bed and breakfast, but kind of like a hostel type, or like a fake hostel. She would just take in travelers. Oh yeah, uh, like Dorothea Puente. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Is that a Sacramento? Chick? Yeah, it's a Sacramento. Oh, so one. I think her house is right by my house. Or oh close. yeah, yeah, it's
0: not Fourteenth Street. Yeah, 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 close. I think Fourteenth and F maybe. See? Close. Yeah, that's really, really. It's close. now the whole internet knows where i yeah, live. I'm about to go. die too. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, no, she was. Uh, she was keeping them alive. Oh. Uh, uh, on paper but killing them in person yeah and I don't know
1: where so I read so she was
0: keep, she was getting their social security checks uh, that's what it was I did hear yeah, that yeah. Uh, yeah
1: I heard I read somewhere that Sacramento for some reason by population has a very high serial killer rate um, which is bad and different story i have more stories of that but some of them are like too telling of my my history so i probably won't talk about i'm not personal history but people i know and they're yeah just gross nastiness everywhere but on a light note we finally announced that we received our second major league sports team here in Sacramento. Right. uh we're in the mls Today? and i was watching the little uh video and we have ron burkle kind of leading the way which is cool uh Insane billionaire. Yeah, I think he's part of Airbnb. He's part of Whole Foods. He's yeah, he
0: started 24 hour 20 fitness. Yeah, he's part of everything. And he was uh, uh, he was involved in something else before that. And I can't remember. Which, I don't which know. One he, it he, I don't want PayPal. Yeah, don't he's know.
1: part of everything. He literally is. And he's almost like worth two billion dollars or something. So it's cool. Um, and and some people might say like, oh, that's slimy. Like, why does he care about Sacramento? I'm like, I don't know if he cares about Sacramento. But uh, for someone that wealthy and that successful, he obviously has an eye for what's going well, and he's choosing to throw his money here in Sacramento which is cool Um, and then I was watching the the ceremony and we had all these people speaking and all this the mayor the governor Uh, but it was cool at the end and who knows it's now that I do like marketing and content creation, you know that it could all 100% be fake. Yeah. Um, but they had a bunch of like really famous people like congratulating Sacramento, oh, which okay. was cool. You know, like That's Steve Nash is saying, What's up? And like, congratulations. And he's a soccer fan uh-huh. in Santa Clara, which is near ish um, university grad. And just stuff like that uh, does get me slightly excited for the city because you and I, I think we've probably talked about it on podcast too, but definitely in private, uh, how the the city's growing and turning into. Um, it can't grow in population that much, which is kind of cool because of how it's set up. Mm -hmm. Um, if it does, it's growing out like everywhere else, which is fine, but downtown is secured basically by rivers and freeways. So Mm -hmm. we're kind of stuck. Uh, but for us to grow like financially, uh, popularity, tourism, stuff like that, we're growing, uh, like crazy, which is super exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really wondered if they were going to get this done, and yeah. yes, the, six years they've been working on. It. Yeah, and it felt like the the they kept moving the fences on it. You know, um, that every time that they were close and felt like that they were ready to make the pitch, they got pushed back. And the most recent thing was. Um, was needing a, a like a billion dollar investor because yeah. apparently you just need a billion dollar yeah. investor now so that's how they got burkle but
1: yeah because uh the fees to join the mls we had a ma- minor league the fees used to be a hundred million dollars <laughs> yeah. to get into the mls and then they just switched it to 250 million dollars right well, as we were making a bid I is think. that all yeah is so i think all? that was part of why we needed that investor um and, and there's tons of rules and i don't know about the mls per se but even though I heard all these facts today, which surprised me. Like, I think less than ten years ago, it was only a twelve-team league, and now it's up to twenty-nine yeah. in ten years, which means obviously something's going well. Like, you don't grow like that. People like sports teams are literally just like toys for rich people. They kind of are, yeah. Like that, you don't make a lot yeah. of money on them normally, and it's like scuba diving without getting wet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah living out their dream as a fan, <laughs> right. and, but but the- but it's not like nor like the best investment going to the yeah player. they're going to make way more money on Airbnb or whatever he's messing around with than he will on a random soccer team. So for them to do it, it has to be a passion project, but it also has to go well. Like they don't never want it to go backwards. They kind of want it to stay the same. So it does kind of cool because I, I never paid attention to MLS.
0: I never have either. I've been to a game. Yeah, I've heard the fun. My my wife's gone a couple times more than I have. Uh, Chris and his wife have uh,
1: season tickets. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fans were nuts on the uh, announcement today. They're it's, like chanting and shit in the background the whole time. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah,
0: it, but I mean, I I treat going to a game like that the way a lot of um they call like white wine drinkers treat going to Oracle sure for um, Giants games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a an opportunity to to talk and socialize yeah. and I and think it will be drink cool, and don't pay any attention to the to the actual game. Yeah, yeah. Like, when I go to a baseball game, I pay attention to the game. Sure. When I go to a soccer game, I'm talking to people because I don't really care that much about soccer one way or the other. Not that there's anything wrong right. with it. It's just, just not, not your sport. sport. It's
1: just not my sport. Yeah, I got really into soccer for a while, uh, kind of high school, uh, college-ish age. I was watching a lot of European soccer. Uh, so I think it would be cool because cause, uh, our league is obviously much less competitive, but... We get all the retirees or just before retirees, (laughs) big names from Europe. Right. So, something like that would be cool. I'll rock a jersey or something and go to a game. And and they'll probably be really cheap compared to going to like a football game or um, even a major league baseball, depending on what's happening. And shit, it will be really close to my house. So, I think it's good. Overall, good. Food's good. They're calling it the entertainment district, which is cool uh, because we need some of that.
0: They're talking about big concerts that yeah. that don't fit in other places. Even a huge, fact.
1: I mean, uh, big, big concerts, they'll throw in a freaking soccer stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you got someone selling shit out, why not? Right, right. Well,
0: where we started was with my roof. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, five or six weeks ago, I mean, I've been trying all summer to get somebody to come out and it's been very difficult. My roof is a little bit complicated because yeah. of the things I was talking about. I finally got somebody who's a specialist in the kind of roof that I have to deal with because it's flat in one portion. And so uh, they gave me an appointment finally. It was like more than two weeks in the future and it was on the day that I had jury duty. And I literally had to go sit in the courthouse and I had like a two hour break. I ran home to meet with the guy. Um, my, My son kind of spelled me a little bit because I couldn't be there for the whole time. One of the strangest people I've ever dealt with in a contractor arrangement, literally, like, like such tight focus on the roofing materials themselves, not paying any attention to the actual house, <laughs> like how the house works together, what you know, like which part of the of the house he's looking at at a particular time. Yeah, it was it was very very odd. Uh, and then I didn't get an estimate yet. And I went, Well, I emailed, said, Hey, is there any chance you're gonna get me an estimate sometime soon? It's like, Oh, our power was out. They were in up in Auburn yeah. during the PG and E outage. It's like okay. So I give him another week and I still don't have anything. So Friday I contacted him again and said, Like, yes, I kinda something. need something soon. Like I ripped the flooring out of my family room and I would need to put new flooring down, but I don't I I have to think about what I'm putting down if there's a chance the roof is gonna leak, right? Sure. This morning, I get an email saying, "Yeah, sorry for the delay, uh, yeah, he doesn't want to bid your project unless he's gonna do the whole thing because he feels like he would have to come back a bunch of times if if there was something
1: like wrong, yeah." We're talking about so you're le- trying to just fix it. You're not trying to redo the whole roof, yeah. and you can't get someone to just. We're talking about yeah.
0: something is twenty five percent or less of the whole roof. Yeah, I don't need to replace the whole roof. Right, like the rest of it is in good shape. Right, I don't want to. I don't want to spend all of the money to do that. Right, and and is this guy that busy or that much of a, like a, a well, money player? That I think he's that- just nuts. Yeah. I think is the, the 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 issue is he doesn't do it. He was there for. an hour and a half? Yeah, analyzing it. It
1: it does suck uh, that humans suck so bad. Um, It's like a hard pill to swallow because um, I think the most typical uh, reference is mechanics. Like people don't know anything about their cars. Uh, You bring your car in and all of a sudden everything's busted and this guy has to fix everything where obviously you just need an oil change and this guy's trying to throw you for a loop. But sadly, that can work with anything. Like I don't know shit about roofs. And so if I hire a roof guy, um, I'm going to trust him. Uh, but there's yep. no there's no law, there's no regulation, and there's no uh, way to judge whether this guy's being honest or not. And at least your guy sounds like he was being at least upfront about it, even though it is a slimy move um, to take this long to tell he me. He could anything. he could have lied though and said, actually, you need your whole roof fixed. Well, like this whole thing is busted. Within
0: the last year, I've already spent twenty five
1: hundred bucks trying yeah, to fix this dumb. problem. And <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know so how to deal with those things because it's it is so annoying that. Uh, I don't know what percentage, but a large majority of these people out there in, in any business are just uh, flat-out liars and scumbags. Yeah, and
0: like, yeah. So the the last time I spent money on it, actually the last two times I spent money on it in the last year, I had somebody come out and they said, oh, yeah, um, two grand to do this thing. And it didn't... So this should solve the problem. It totally didn't solve the problem. Yeah. To your warranty, I call them and say, hey, this didn't solve the problem. It's still leaking. They send a guy out who's like... Yeah, you know, this company's not very good. Dang. And um,
1: that makes like me I great. can see
0: I can see what they what they left undone. I can fix that for like three hundred bucks, but don't tell the company because I'm an independent contractor who works under them. Yeah, yeah, And I don't want them. I don't want to like lose the gig with them. Mm-hmm. But to, you know, they're they're kind of scummy. It's like fuck. All right. So the, I give the guy like three hundred bucks or something like that, and he does whatever he does and it still fucking works. Yeah, nothing. Like, I can't, if I go back to this original company, they're gonna send another asshole out right. who's not gonna know how to fix it Yeah, because and they didn't estimate it right that in the first guy, place. Maybe
1: he had good intent but he swindled you too. They're all just pieces of shit. <laughs>
0: ah! Mm. And in California we have the problem of like periodic droughts and we don't really have that much rain in Sacramento yeah. most of the time. Yeah, not compared to a lot of places. And it's not a day of rain that causes my problem. It's like three days of rain sure. or wind and rain. That causes my problems. Sure. So, like, yeah, it's I annoying. understand it's difficult to fix, but come on, bro! Like, fucking, give yeah. me a break here.
1: Yeah, uh, there has to be some kind of roof for that. Is and can at least get something done. Luckily for me, I got a new house, and I'm sure those problems are coming soon. But,
0: well, is your is any part of your roof flat?
1: Uh, it 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 is. The whole thing is technically flat because it's a patio. Yeah, um, oh. but then it's like waved out, so the waters trickles down. You know what I mean? So it's not like completely flat. Okay, but it's not like slanted. Okay, we'll see. Good luck with that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, who knows? I don't know anything about any <laughs> of it. Well,
0: yeah, I like. I actually, our our first house, I actually fixed one part of the roof myself, and it and it was like, yeah, good it enough. was very time consuming, but it was basically perfect, and I did it without all the, you know, all the air driven stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess looking for me, my the builder that. Built my house. is starting to get really, really popular in the Bay Area and up here. So, like, something goes wrong, you just you know, you hunt them down. Like, they're a name brand mm. in, in a way, you know? So, I just fucking yell at them somehow. Well,
0: on today's episode, we're going to talk to Michael Fahey, director of Westside versus the World, and the guy who brought the WPO back to ESPN. But before we do that, we need to pay some bills.
1: Protein is such an important part of y'all's diet, especially if you're active, you guys trying to get some gains out there. But shopping around for protein powders, that's right for you, can be a real drag. You got to go to the store, compare ingredients, big old buckets back and forth from home to the store and do it all over again whenever you run out. Uh, But don't bother with that anymore because right now we've teamed up with Gainful to get your personalized protein powder delivered straight to your door.
0: I started by taking a five-minute quiz at gainful.com slash facts to find out which protein powder blend would be best for me. I have a little bit of a tummy issue sometimes with whey protein, and so uh, I got a custom blend gain... Gainful immediately calculated my results, told me exactly what was going into my personalized protein powder and why. I got to choose multiple flavor sticks, too, because uh, I don't know, I'm a little fickle about the flavor of, of, of protein, and sometimes I'm not in the mood for uh, the same flavor that's a giant tub, uh, and I want to do something different so I can do that with the different flavor sticks. Uh, then Gainful sent me my personalized protein powder straight to my door, with Gainful, you also get free, unlimited one-on-one access to your very own registered dietitian. What other protein powder comes with that?
1: Um, we've arranged a special offer for you guys, our listeners, to get $15 off your first month of personalized protein powder, but only when you go to gainful.com slash facts. That's G-A-I-N-F-U-L dot com slash F-A-C-T-S. Don't wait. Go right now. Gainful.com facts. Today's special offer.
0: Do what I did. Go to gainful.com. Slash facts today, today, right now for your special offer. All right, let's talk about the holidays. It's crazy to talk about the holidays. Actually, I was just at Home Depot yesterday, and they have the Christmas trees up.
1: Yeah, Christmas so get, commercials are up.
0: It's it's mid October, bro. It's like happening. what the what the hell? Anyway, if you're like me, you don't want to go through another holiday season using taking closed mouth pictures. while everyone around around you is grinning ear to ear. That's why I'm getting my photo-ready smile now with clear aligners from Candid. Candid aligners can straighten your teeth faster than traditional wire braces. Treatment takes just six months on average. An experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. Then they show you a 3D preview so you can see what your teeth will look like after they're done. Candid's aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. Candid ships your aligners directly to you so there's no hassle of going to an orthodontist's office. And Candid costs 65% less than braces. That's a big deal. And with each aligner, Candid Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe
1: you can have a photo ready smile by the holidays go to candidco.com slash fax use the code fax to get 75 dollars off that's candidco.com slash f-a-c-t-s and also use code f-a-c-t-s for 75 dollars off candidco.com slash fax code fax go now Uh, I was uh, um, downtown middle of Sacramento with uh, one of our old training partners, Fat Dan, uh, and he is starting a security company here in Sacramento. I don't think I told you this, Jim. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I heard this story with the security yeah, company. So he's
1: starting that. a security company and- um, he just needed me to be uh, uh, a model for his photo shoot. So he, he, I put on this little security outfit, and we were walking around downtown taking pictures. And I forgot what we were joking about, but some we made, like, a small uh, joke or something about lifting or power lifting. And we are right in front of the Kings Arena, so just, like, middle of, you know, Metro Sacramento. And some, like, guy that definitely didn't lift, no clue, walks by, turns his head and said, like, Ah, fuck, I wish I remember what Dan said. Dan said something to do with powerlifting. Maybe he said West Side. I don't think he did. Uh, but this uh-huh. other guy said, like, that West Side documentary, great documentary, huh? <laughs> and we both fucking turned our head, like, yeah, dude. <laughs> like, like, what the hell? <laughs> so random. Man,
2: I've been waiting for one of like, those kind of moments since the movies come out.
0: Yeah, have not got I it? I should
2: have worn. <laughs> no because i I live in Tallahassee, and like I just go to the grocery store and come home, so I just see like my parents old buddies from high school or something uh, and it's also you know just it's weird to wear your own stuff like out in public
1: but oh some people Ep-
0: some people do not experience that irony, go on though. No.
2: <laughs> well i I thought about I thought about wearing it to Epcot over the weekend
0: uh, uh-huh. but it was
2: supposed to rain really bad and uh, it ended up not raining so I didn't end up wearing a rain jacket and I had an fSU shirt on and even though every other person is wearing like FSU or Florida gear down there everyone kept you know everyone commented on my fSU shirt and I was just walking by people like man this is This is it. This is where I should (laughs) have. The only time I'd ever want to hear someone say, you know, I I, like every time someone's like, "Oh, FSU," and I'm like, "Yeah, we're in Florida." I hate that you even initiated this interaction. (laughs) Like,
1: oh, you got a Mickey Mouse hat on?
2: Yeah, yeah. With the ears. Yeah, I like Disney too. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it's just like, man, I should have worn my F or my West Side shirt. Ended up, like, standing next to a guy in a line wearing, like, a Redcon one shirt, uh,
0: kind of beefy,
2: all, like, one full-length sleeve. And I was like, man, <laughs> he had a beard. I was like, ah,
1: One of the, there's uh, no,
2: Yeah, there's no natural in to be like, you know, hey, have you uh, you seen that movie?
1: Yeah, one of the lead <laughs> uh, guys over there in the marketing department's a friend of ours, uh, and he's a big powerlifting fan, uh, Eric Hart. Oh yeah, so Eric- Oh at right, Redcon, yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you talked about
0: Disney. No, I, mean, I, wish. I don't know anybody at Disney. I wish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm sure they, I'm sure a lot of Redcon knows.
0: Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure he, he, none of that stuff um, uh, misses him at all. My weirdest, and I'm sure I probably told this story before. My weirdest, uh, uh, most random interaction with with someone who recognized me was at Niagara Falls, actually the town of Niagara <laughs> Falls. So and and it, I wasn't wearing anything identifiable. They somebody just recognized me. It was really weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just way different, uh, like than an expo, than walking around town, right? Randomly. And then even, even, even like in the uh, story I told about what's versus the world, like I, I swear we just said something about like bench press or something. Like we said something kind of obscure, uh-huh. and then this guy chimes in. You're like, what the hell?
0: I always wonder if it was somebody who was coming from the um, from the 24th, right there. Maybe. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. It was like a Friday late night oh. evening. It was just like a random guy that just had dinner. It was just a totally random guy, didn't look at he didn't lift. And Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like When it's totally out of context, you're like, what the hell? That's really
0: strange. <laughs> well, uh, obviously, we're on the phone with uh, Michael Fahey, director of uh, West Side Vers- versus the World, and the man to bring powerlifting back to ESPN.
1: Um, Is that officially announced?
2: Uh, we're going to be on ESPN 3 um, in one week. One week from today, we should be handing out awards right about now.
1: Very cool.
0: So that is th- what date? The 28th? 28th. 28th. Yeah. And where is that located?
2: It's going to be in St. Charles, Illinois, so basically Chicago. Okay. Um, at the world-famous pheasant-run resort.
0: Is it, does it mean that it's run by pheasants? Is
2: it
1: actually world-famous?
2: <laughs> it is.
1: Unpack I, this for us. I may
2: have just, I may have just added that because it sounds nifty. I, I think I read it somewhere. Yeah, I didn't want I to don't know which world.
1: I do not know if I was clueless or if you're building things up. Great hype, great promo job. <laughs> <laughs> Second guess yeah. to my own knowledge. <laughs> they, they, I feel up?
2: like you can do, you can do that with any hotel,
1: really. True, true. Uh, Chicago's having a bunch of powerlifting. They just had a uh, uh, USAPL uh, nationals, raw nationals, yeah, yep. this week. Um, Which I I caught a little bit of. I I guess it's a pretty, if if you have to choose two cities that are powerlifting. I mean, the whole Midwest, Mm -hmm. Texas, obviously. Like, Texas sent, like, uh, out of a state, I think they sent, like, 150 athletes to USAPL Raw Nationals. Jesus. um, Where other people send, like, you know, 10 or 20. Uh, I guess, actually, maybe those collegiate nationals. That makes a little more sense, I think. Uh, Beside the point. Texas has a, a crap ton of powerlifting. Yeah. Columbus, Ohio, or Ohio in general. Yeah. And then, I guess, Chicago, eh? That's got to be the, yeah, the top guys, so. top dogs. I guess USPA and stuff run pretty good in California, you could say. But it's so spread out, it's hard to like. Someone said, I forgot who I was talking to. Man, my memory is going bad. Uh, I was Welcome talking to s- old man. I was talking to somebody, but um, and then uh, like a good small group conversation. I don't know if it was in text or what. Uh, I think they asked where I was from. I said Sacramento, and someone said like, "Oh, the powerlifting capital of the world." Um, like, nah. like we do pretty good on YouTube. You know, powerlifting capitals,
2: you two. Uh
1: like we did you know, in terms of like pretty strength and conditioning gyms being in a similar place, we do pretty good. Like yeah. obviously Columbus has West Side and, and Rogue Fitness.
0: And but Lexin. Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and Wendler's from there. You know, there's some yeah, stuff, but a, I think you could at least put Sacramento in the conversation of fitness. Probably so. We're in the we're in the uh Mount Rushmore of fitness heads <laughs> cities.
0: The Mount Rushmore of powerlifting. Yeah, Sacramento's got to be there somewhere. In there somewhere. Anyway, what we wanted to talk about today was uh, just a couple weeks ago, the two-hour mark was broken for the marathon, which is like a crazy accomplishment. I've been reading about it a little bit. It was done under, let's say, certain conditions, certain conditions that were conducive to it was a one-man race against the clock mm-hmm. it was not it was not populated with uh, a bunch of other runners who were doing who were actually running for their own time there were a bunch of pace people that he was drafting okay. off of there were lasers that talked to, that, that told them where to run on the like where to apex on the, you know, yeah. on the road. You guys the road. ever play
1: uh, race car like video games? If you play in, like beginner mode, they'll put like a yellow line uh, in front of your car for yeah. like the perfect mm-hmm. uh, track time. Yeah, I kind of think that that's probably. Yeah, and then similar some, to what they were doing, some kind of secret Nike space shoes
0: and space shoes. Yeah, a a a crazy a crazy thing. So uh, we started kicking around the idea of what would be. An equivalent accomplishment in the powerlifting world. Something that, that hasn't, that wouldn't, you wouldn't expect to be broken that was, um, that would be broken at some point in our
1: lifetimes. What was that, a uh, mile pace time? It was like 4 32 or something. Something like that. Um, and another conversation on this was what, uh, breaking the four minute mile back in the, the 60s or 70s? Wasn't that a big thing?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah
1: the 4 minute mile and then just for personal reference to let everyone know out, out there how poorly of a runner I am uh on my college basketball team they wanted point guard's the position I played to break I think a 530 mile any guard position to break a 6 minute mile or no a 5 minute mile uh, yeah 6 minute mile and then any uh big man had to break like a 630 mile i had i had a coach pacing me with a bicycle <laughs> Like, perfect condition on everything. I still, I think my best mile ever was, like, 5.55. Just so bad. So what happens when you're built, like, a little fucking...
0: Uh, are your legs not long?
1: Legs aren't long. Yeah, I, my I, legs are not long. I was kind of fast, but not for a mile. Yeah. I just didn't have the mental effort to chase that down.
0: Or maybe just it just wasn't in your genes. No, definitely not.
1: Definitely yeah. not. Uh, There's a
2: level of monotony that you have to be... Capable of enduring to, yeah, run middle or long distance that just is yeah. beyond me.
1: Yeah, if there's no ball around me, I'm, I'm <laughs> not the, chasing anything. If
0: there's no taco truck, yeah, yeah. yeah what's the point? Uh, ice cream truck, particularly. I do think it's interesting. The music is hypnotic.
1: the The topic of powerlifting because I think there's so many factors in all of this. Um, we're joking, but not joking about the Nike shoe, which I did read a couple mm-hmm. articles and tweets about people. Um, claiming that it's too much of an advantage it's no longer a shoe it's a spring and a vehicle and all these words people are getting all upset about and the other thing is how passionate people are like who fucking cares <laughs> like i get you mm-hmm. like running but just relax all right uh second thing yeah technology in general which applies heavily to powerlifting, lifting mm-hmm. uh common in, in both you know the geared powerlifting and non because there's even the type of barbell you're using and monolift and non and wraps there's a million factors um but then i think the biggest thing that uh, thinking about this in my head um, because numbers in powerlifting have gone absolutely nuts both raw and multiplayer over the last two or three decades right, right? records are broken all the time um, is the pool the pool and how new the sport is right like what's the first sport mm-hmm. ever that run <laughs> like mm-hmm. it had to right, be yeah. run right and and and, and yeah. the, 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 the largest pool of talent um probably is some kind of running uh, or something super basic like that. In America, it's probably basketball or football. But you get what I'm saying um, because that's where the money and glory is. But right. uh, running is so basic. The pool is huge. Uh, the mile seems to be something that's uh, – or a marathon or, you know, the 40, the 800. The, the, the basic numbers have been there probably since some kind of Greco-Roman times. I'm mm-hmm. sure we have some kind of records. Um, where powerlifting is a sport, I don't even know when it was truly invented. Strength sports, sure, throwing a rock around or who can throw a rock – very old odd lifts, back yeah, in the day. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very old, but the sport of powerlifting is maybe even newer than basketball, huh? Especially as, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. as a, yeah, yeah,
2: definitely as a sanctioned sport, it's only been around since 1964.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then and then and then you know the popularity of it and the transformation of it, um, mm-hmm. it is. Back and forth through the years, and probably at an all-time high right now in terms of raw powerlifting. Maybe overall numbers. I think I think I was watching. Uh, shout out to our boy Russ Swole, uh, Russell Orhe, who won the USAPL Nationals 83 kilo. I think there's about 10,000 live viewers watching his flight
0: on YouTube. That's insanity. Because I remember back in.
1: Um, that's just online yeah and I heard I heard there's 2,000 or more in person I heard it was packed
0: yeah back back to 2011 with Backyard Meet of the Century I remember streaming that one and being just completely blown away that 1,500 people watched it
1: which is still a pretty dang high live stream Yeah, Um, and and obviously YouTube views are are, you know accelerated everything by millions people have watched the replays but um, that number really stood out to me
0: yeah and you know, similar to powerlifting, they, or similar to um, to marathon running, there are all these other factors. Like you know, with the shoe, it's a gear a gear issue. Mm-hmm. Um, there are federations like the IPF, USAPL, whatever that uh, seem to try to keep all this stuff under control. Particularly, I don't like raw lifting; it's it's sleeves, but like, do they, I'm not sure. To what extent sleeves really make a difference. And I don't know if they police how tight they are. I guess maybe there is, there is actually maybe a new rule coming about that. I just know you, you can't. You have to be able to get it on yourself. Yeah, that's
1: all I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which uh, something else just popped in my head about um, things kind of off topic, but not on topic. Sorry, Jim, but I'll forget about it. My memory's gone. Uh, <laughs> Feel free. Uh, marathons are interesting to me because um, they're not interesting to me at all, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> this point is interesting uh, is that each course is so different. Oh, yeah. So I don't know what this dude ran on, right? But I know we have a huge one here, an international level marathon here in Sacramento. Yeah, California International Marathon. Yeah, really big. And I know that qualifies you for Boston and all this stuff. And I know Boston's this big old one. Yeah. But yeah, what if you just find 26 whatever miles straight downhill? Yeah. You know what a, I mean? A, if, would be quick, or like, and, and I know there's a TED talk um, that's a couple years old now, and they talk about technology in track and field events and, and a bunch of events. But uh, what you're running on matters. So yeah. if the cement mm-hmm. or, or concrete is nicer, or, or if not you're running a nice,
0: regular asphalt, road yeah, or,
1: or that clay stuff, and you're running in a circle, yeah, uh, in in a stadium, you know, with a pace car or something, it might be way way different. Where even powerlifting with all the variations, at least you know the weights are the weights and the plates are the plates and. Some of that's a little more standardized, even.
0: Yeah, and then while we, I was thinking about the the IPF and the whole uh, issue of drugs and drug testing and then, like, all their kind of, I want to say, fetishistic rules about um, athletes interacting with people who had tested positive in the past and, like, I don't know that there's been, you know, stuff around Ed Cohn because of that, because he, you know... uh lost records in, in the precursor to that federation uh, due to drug testing. Uh, they're just like they seem to be very worried about outside influences f- factoring in and, and gear and all that stuff. And yet mm-hmm. we've seen the lifts go up there probably because, like you were saying, they're pulling from a bigger talent pool.
1: yeah. Yeah, it, 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 we've talked about, you know, this topic is really broad, although we'll narrow it down to an actual number eventually. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the the, the the talent pool and powerlifting in general and the popularity has gone through the roof, yet um, the prize, <laughs> which in typical sports is at least popularity, yeah. uh, if not a lot of money, um, is still not really there. You know, there's a, one raw meat that was paying an okay amount of money, um, but even in relation to normal popular sports, it was nothing. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting how popular the sport has gotten with literally just, in my opinion, Instagram and YouTube <laughs> pushing it. Uh, yeah, basically. But, yeah. O- but otherwise, it's it's not very lucrative.
2: Well, I, this is something that I talk to people about all the time, uh, given my background coming from media and particularly sports media. Um, if you look at competitive powerlifting... Um so far this year I have open powerlifting basically up 24/7 on every device that I own <laughs> but uh so far this year you know you've had over 60,000 uh raw competitors only a couple years ago you know there was 40,000 only 10 years ago there was like 12,000 um you can't find you can't find many other sports period in the U S especially where there's that level of participation. And you think about for every, you know, as close as I follow powerlifting, I've never done a meet. Most of the people that I've trained with have never done a meet. So for every one powerlifter who's done a meet, you know, and there's over a hundred thousand of them who have done a meet this year, you've probably got, A multiple of you know maybe five or six power five or six people who closely follow the sport yet have never done a meet. Yeah, and you could maybe even
1: double that if you consider anyone who deadlifts or squats, a powerlifter of some nature. You know, like even even random soccer moms that have don't even know what the word powerlifting means.
2: Yeah, but then you look at like sports that you know turn on ESPN, and you're going to find you know strongman by comparison. No one, you know, it's a fraction—a yeah. very small fraction of people do strongman, and yet, uh, I mean, I've I've heard endorsement numbers from some of these companies. You know, guys are making a quarter million to you know endorse one company or another, three hundred fifty thousand to do another, and then they're winning pots of you know fifty to two hundred thousand dollars, and these are sports that. Strong, you know, strongman as we know it, though it does kind of come from like the odd lifts. The reality is that strongman was born in a studio in Burbank. They were just looking, you know, as a TV executive who said, "Wouldn't it be cool if we got a football player, a power lifter, a bodybuilder, and we just threw these people together?" And people began to mimic it. And they brought it back because people watched it. It was an intriguing concept, but it wasn't even invented by people within the strength space. But mm-hmm. now we look at it as like, it's the staple of, of, uh, you know, sports media, the ninja American ninja Warrior is, is much the same way now. Uh, but all this is to say, like, there are so many other sports where the pool is very, very small they get tons of media exposure. I also know that that's not what any of this conversation is supposed to be about. <laughs> <It doesn't> matter, <laughs> no, no, no worries. So, yeah, but I'll try and bring it back a little. But uh, the the slowest part of any pool to um, expand is the top. You know, because model athletes tend to find sports which they are suited to well, you know, well beyond and, and well faster than... Say the average person does. So, even as that pool is expanding uh, and is bigger than it's ever been, you know, to find another Ray Williams, you know, you don't just double the talent pool to find one more person like that, who's, you know, sort of at the apex of of their kind of part of it. You might have to triple or quadruple it to find one more person. And then to find one more person beyond that, you have to keep expanding it so much further because, just sort of with any sport, you know, genetic sampling. It's it's. Yeah, I live down in Florida where there's the you know the like the Montverde Academy in Central Florida, in a tiny little town of like twelve thousand people, but they're a hot spot for seven footers from Africa to come over when they're you know fifteen years old and mm-hmm. learn how to play basketball. Seven footers in you know sub-Saharan Africa they find a way to basketball even when it's not the popular thing where they are. And powerlifting is much the same way. You know, if you're, if you're, you know, throwing 500 pounds around in the, in an ordinary gym, someone's eventually going to, you know, very early say, you know, you should try powerlifting or have you ever thought of it?
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's kind of a, uh, uh, give given take, I don't know another good Old white guy saying to fit this, what I'm trying to say, but like uh, powerlifting, (laughs) you know what they say, like hardly working or working hard. All right, but uh, Uh, powerlifting, because um, yeah, the talent pool and yeah, being discovered and exposure to the sport at a certain age. The interesting thing with powerlifting opposed to other sports is that um, you could potentially, and many people. Uh, have that are at the highest level, haven't started till they're 30, 40, um, Mm -hmm. been exposed to the sport and still become one of the best Mm -hmm. where that just doesn't happen. Even if you're a seven footer, if you're past the age 17, Maybe even 16, and you're yeah. a seven footer. You got no chance. No one cares. You're just a tall, goofy guy now. Um, that doesn't fit in any car. You're, you're not. You're not gonna. Maybe, maybe you get a chance to go play overseas somewhere uh, if someone will take a chance on you. But it's it's pretty unlikely. Um, but yeah, like you said, if you're th- even 30, 40, and even you're just kind of stocky, never worked out. Someone might um, be able to expose you to the sport, and you could probably be pretty, pretty good. Uh, the other interesting thing about the sport in general, all strength sports really, um, is no one ever uh, forces you to quit. If you play oh, uh, yeah. at a high level at uh, basketball, soccer, football in your life, there's going to be at some point, maybe it's the junior high team, maybe it's the varsity team, collegiate or professional, but at some point, someone else is choosing you to retire. Yeah. Um, and powerlifting, yeah. you know, you, you can go, I don't know what the lowest kilo on a deadlift you're allowed to pull, but really, you know, it's 100 kilos or something or less, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's probably like 60 kilos, I guess would probably be the number. And if you can pull 60 kilos, you could probably compete.
0: Yeah, depending upon you know the age category you yeah. end up with and all that stuff. I think that um, – what was I going to say? Uh, g- gear. Back to gear for a second. Um, <laughs> I think that uh, – both kinds of gear. Um, I think that uh, there was a time that we did not think that, that anyone was ever going to squat 1,000 pounds raw. And it's been right. quite a while since – Somebody squatted. The first person to squat a thousand pounds in single ply gear, and mm-hmm. and then you know multiply. Obviously, back when I got into this, we talked about a thousand three single ply. You know, being a big deal for for a, a regular lifter, and the the records there you know stood for a really long time in single ply. Uh, Thousand pound squats in multiply, pretty common now. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I just wonder like what's the lowest body weight that someone's going to squat a thousand pounds, both raw and in gear.
2: Yeah, I don't in know. In gear, it's going to be one eighty
1: one. I know Sam Bird was in the conversation for the longest time as the biggest squatter at the lightest weight, but yeah, I haven't was. paid attention to gear for a while.
0: <laughs> I don't know if he was at a, a, a ninety
1: eight or an eighty one when he did that. Yeah, I don't know either. Um. But yeah, I agree. I mean, it, uh, the thousand pound when I got into lifting in two thousand, like dug in two thousand ten, um, started paying attention to everything. A thousand pound multiply squat puts you in the league. Yeah. It was it wasn't unheard of, um, but it wasn't nothing to scoff at. Like that puts you in the league of big boys.
0: Yeah, and a yeah. lot of time you had to, you needed to make up that. Um, make up the, the weights on their your squat because you might not deadlift. Because you're too fat you know? to deadlift. You're too fat to deadlift,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the, that was like the number. And then and then Raw, you know, really started to gain some steam, whatever it might be, 2012, 13, 14, 15. Um, and a thousand wasn't really in the conversation. The eight hundred pound wrapped squat mm-hmm. I felt like kinda put you in the you know, the oh shit club. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 pay attention to club. Um, but now even though wraps arguably aren't as popular as sleeves at this exact moment. Um a thousand pound squat in wraps, I think, kinda is still now the oh shit club. Yeah. There's there's not a ton of people that have done it, but there's a okay amount. Um and you can say, you know, we can go through similar numbers with squat or with bench and deadlift. You know, maybe a six hundred pound bench, maybe who knows? There's some freaks out there. Everyone's pulling eight hundred it seems like <laughs> now it's hard to it's hard to freaking say. But uh have, it,
0: have there any? Had there been any thousand-pound, totally
1: raw pulls? I don't think so in a full meet. I don't think so in a full meet either. But uh, not I, to say that there's some people that may not be capable of it. But I don't believe there's been a full meet, raw, thousand-pound pull. Because even uh, no. even Thor hopped in a, a powerlifting meet last summer, didn't he? And pulled mm-hmm. like nine something. But that wouldn't be tested. Oh, definitely that not wouldn't tested. Be tested. No, definitely not tested. Definitely not tested. Yes, it's wild. It really is wild. And, and uh, me and Jim were talking, I forgot if we were recording or not, but we were talking, um, the issue is, is there were some Michael Jordan-esque genetic freaks that happened in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Mm-hmm. But there was no, still there's no standardized powerlifting, right? We have so many different rules and so many different categories and whatever and so you can say like oh man ed cone fucking crushed 900 for reps on the squat and his suit wasn't doing anything and we can say that and he pulled nine something wrong yeah and that's all that's all probably very very true and i love ed cone and i do think he's the greatest of all time but you still can't say he did that raw you still can't say he did that the exact same as now um
2: well i don't i don't think anyone can say that they've done anything raw since 1973 you mean, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, true.
2: I mean, I mean, just since the traditional, you know, definition of equipped powerlifting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the idea of equipment equipment was defined in powerlifting in the '60s, mm. and it included wraps, wrist wraps, belts. There were no knee sleeves. Yeah, uh, gear wouldn't come around for you know. Nearly fifteen years before the first marathon singlet, which nowadays would qualify as, you know, a raw singlet.
0: <laughs> yeah, like
2: that's that's not even a joke. That's it. It literally would not as strong a, as a IPF. virus singlet. Yeah, <laughs> if uh. they had the the money for the IPF, then they would pass as a raw singlet.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, but so when you when you look at it that way, like in the spirit of. What those words were supposed to mean, everything from 1973 forward, everything of consequence, has been equipped. It's just to what degree.
1: Yeah, which is the generational conversation you can have in in other sports where people talk about will chamberlain being the best basketball player of all time he scored 100 points and he's just so freaking dominant um but his competition the rules even even the square Mm -hmm. foot of the basketball court were different i think that even the the diameter of the basketball might have been different you know and and then are you going to compare him to shaq because i would love to see him go head to head with Shaq. shaq's gonna dominate him you know but we just can't make those comparisons sadly which kind of sucks and in powerlifting because it's so new we can't um and where where can we draw that line it sounds like you're saying maybe in the 70s maybe from then on well, it's a little even, more standard but even still it's so hard because there's barbell advancements there's um rapid yeah, yeah
2: i like to go even further to look at you know like back in the 60s you know one of the first big names in powerlifting was pat casey and pat casey was the first man to uh first man to squat 800 and you think about that there's You know, right now, like a thousand is such a a high standard raw. This guy was doing 800 raw and he was the only person on Earth who could do 800 raw. They thought that was the four minute mile. Yeah. Of the sport. And now, like that, you know, that won't get you invited to a lot of big meets that, you know, that. You're not even going to be insta famous for an 800. You know, you're chasing nine
1: or you're chasing. Speaking a thousand. of insta famous, I'd like to declare it now that I'm probably the weakest insta famous person on the planet, and I'll take that. I'll absolutely take. I'll take most talentless Instagram famous person as well. If we want to just declare that right now. <laughs>
0: Uh, looking at, looking at the powerlifting watch list here, uh, it says Benedict Magnus and pulled 1015, but I know that wasn't in a mainstream yeah, federation. Yeah, uh, I think it was unsanctioned. Yeah. I yeah. think he's in
1: some it, basketball shorts. He's wearing some and one shorts. Yeah. That doesn't count, Benny. Sorry, bud. Yeah. yeah. And there wasn't full power.
0: Yeah, it wasn't full power. Was No, it was a
2: single lift exhibition.
0: Yeah. Yeah which I have, I have a difficult time slotting that in, but that's the same thing with this with this marathon record. Like, It's not actually being recognized as an, a real international record because of the, of the no. conditions under which it was it was achieved. So I we're think back it's to that.
2: To note with the, I think it's really important to note with the marathon record, because I've seen a ton of articles about this and stuff, because I follow track a little bit too. Um, but people act like he has stolen a record (laughs) in some of this coverage. Yeah. He's the guy who holds the record.
0: Right. He stole it from himself.
2: Yeah. He stole it from himself. It was, I believe it was on an actual marathon track. It just wasn't during an actual marathon. Yeah. Um, but it was on a track that he had run before. I believe, uh, I believe he set the world record a year earlier on the same track in an actual marathon and his his uh the difference in times was less than um it was less than two minutes
0: yeah they want to act like he's barry bonds or Mark yeah
1: yeah different yeah
2: this is the equivalent of someone like you know hitting a really big squat with like reverse mini bands yeah like you know he's you know special shoes all this stuff like he's a, he's tried to do this before, mm. in between setting world records. So like he tried to line up the perfect situation, it didn't happen, and then he just broke the record again in a real race. And now it's it's set by such a slim margin, relatively. Uh, you know, this would be like setting the mile record by you know one or two seconds.
1: I don't know that much like, about track and field, but it seems like this exact thing is why they have like an Olympic record and and right. a world record because then because then it's like breaking the the land speed record. Yeah, you're going out to the salt flats and you're just freaking throwing a rocket on some Goodyear tires. Like that's yeah. way different. This guy trying to do that, impressive, not impressive. I guess that's for all of you to have your own opinion whether you're excited about it or not. Who really cares? Yeah. But for people, yeah, I agree with you. You know, to like really argue it. Um, and that's kind of the same with powerlifting and some, some, sometimes I'm just like, like there's a front squat, you know, people are stoked on a front squat record or, uh, even Lasha hitting, uh, the latest clean and jerk they say is like the heaviest clean and jerk they've seen on camera, you know, like Mm -hmm. some of this stuff's just kind of cool to see what the human body can do, whether it's in competition or not who really, really cares at the end of the day. And I get some of you guys are, you know, you listeners out there fanatics for a certain federation or lifter or rule book or whatever zealot life you want to live. But for me, um, it's the same as like a dunk contest in basketball or something. You know, some of it's just a display uh, for something and, and, and something for people to chase down.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's like when you said, you know, like Wilt versus Shaq. You know, like Shaq had the, Shaq had the benefit of seeing everything that happened because wilt happened
1: for sure. Oh yeah.
2: You know, like, and it's the same as what I brought up. That's what I meant when I brought up Pat Casey was like, that was the, the strongest human. If you put him in, uh, you know, a uh, a modern world where he had better nutritional information, maybe easier access to better training partners, better equipment to train on, it, you know, like if he could be a benefactor of all that came after him, maybe he would be out here, you know, squatting the numbers that Vlad is squatting.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good you point. Know?
2: And I'm sure in a few years, someone will come or, you know, we want to talk about like a marathon record. Marathons have been around for, you know, you know, they they're named after a distance that was run 1500 years ago or no longer longer than that yeah yeah, like 2500 years ago
0: in the bc territory
2: yeah we're in uh you know we're looking at a sport that has existed for you know 60 years (laughs) yeah not even like 55 years yeah so uh you know, the first kind of 20 years of anything are just getting the kinks out and figuring out, you know, like, well, what should we make a bar out of, you know, like.
1: It is interesting so uh, to see, like, the top and the middle of where powerlifting is now mm-hmm. compared to even where it was 10 years ago. Um, you know, the, the closest, newest references, the USAPL Nationals, where, you know, Ru- Russell or he, I don't know what, exactly what he squatted, but I know he has in the past squatted like 710 or 720 pounds as a one eighty one er basically in sleeves. And mm-hmm. th- there's people that are in the top 10 in his category that are maybe squatting 500 pounds. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, where like that doesn't happen in other sports either. And that's maybe because of the pool, um, maybe because of how new the sport is, but you know, e- even LeBron James versus the, the arguably whoever the worst player is in the NBA that guy can score. That guy can score on LeBron James. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just mm-hmm. going to be absolutely. And shout out to that poor kid, whoever did squat five hundred pounds. <laughs> You're not embarrassing, little yeah. buddy. You're doing great. But you know that doesn't five a hundred pound squad doesn't bat an eye at a seven hundred pound squat. No. Same weight class, no. same rules. Yeah, I never. Th-
2: I think even if you look at LeBron, like the the value of LeBron on any team in one in a one on one contest, it might look like they're kind of close. Yeah, yeah, but. Once you put them into the actual sport, like there's in every sport, it's this way. Again, like when I worked at, you know, worked for the NFL, it was this way where like there's only ever a handful of of people who are absolutely great. It's a ton of people who are like pretty damn good, but there's Mm. only like a handful of freaks, no matter what the discipline is.
1: Yeah, that's... that was at the end
2: of my sentence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I guess, to get us back on track, I was trying to think of, one, because there's so many freaking categories, I don't even know them anymore, and all these stupid records, and powerlifting, and weightlifting, and strongman, and who knows what, but I was trying to think of, mm-hmm. come up with a number in my head that was the, you know, the the two-hour marathon, and I didn't really come up with one. (laughs) Well, you know, uh,
0: a a whole other thing that we haven't really talked about is is accomplishments by women in powerlifting. I I didn't Mm -hmm. think that we would see...
1: 600-pound raw squat, I think... uh, Drug tested at least raw was first done only like two years ago.
0: Yeah, and and that that women would do that. I I didn't think that lightweight women would ever squat over five raw. Yeah, now there's they all plenty are. of yeah, dudes don't.
1: Yeah, well now there's tons of chicks crushing five yeah. hundred pound squats, sleeved, wrapped, doesn't matter weight. Yeah, and, yeah, drug tested. Yeah, like uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my God! There's these two girls. Danielle, shout out to I think it's Daniela or maybe Danielle Mello and uh, Amanda. The, yeah. These girls are like under 25 years old, and they literally, literally outlift me like two weight classes down from me and ladies. Yeah, in every lift, basically, I think I bench them barely. Insane.
0: Yeah, and uh, so I'm um, it. I think it's very difficult to figure out what that what one single thing this is. I mean, it yeah. might be, we haven't talked about coefficient at all right. either.
1: Because weight classes obviously throw a huge wrench into this. Because yes. uh, our weight classes you can almost break down as like different events if yeah. you were comparing it to track and field. The thing that was popping in my head, if I had to, was probably um, being as basic as I can. So sleeves, Who cares about drug tests or not? I don't even really care anymore because I think the highest sleeved squat ever is technically drug tested at this point. Yeah. Um, So so we'll just throw all that out the window. But sleeves, wraps, belt, I don't care what barbell you use. Uh, If you can do uh, probably a thousand, six, a thousand, I think it's doable. But I don't I think,
2: think that's definitely
1: doable. I, I, that's the sad point. That's why I was trying to think of numbers without sounding stupid, you know, because you could just say like 2,800 and 2,000, you know, like who knows? Because I think there's insane things that probably will happen in the next 20 years. But let's say mm-hmm. the next five years, that's like something I would pr- probably will happen, but w- I would be like, oh shit, kind of numbers. Yeah, it's definitely doable. I mean, if, if Kirill or some of these people want to really, you know, get focused in and chase these things down. And probably
0: the hardest part of it is going to be the deadlift, probably, or or just putting them together in a day in a meet. And, yeah. and again,
1: it's like it's like it's you know USAPL nationals or or worlds. You're doing all three lifts, all three attempts, probably within like three or four hours,
0: no, less than that. Yeah, probably.
1: you know where where you Depending. go you go to an all day meet where some of these things are, are getting thrown around. You're you're squatting at ten in the morning and you're you're pulling at eight, eight at night. Eight hours later, yeah, morning, which is yeah. which is obviously an advantage. Two hour weigh ins. There's a yeah. bunch of different factors in this thing. Um, which obviously make it difficult, but even, shit, even in the same day, you go a thousand, six thousand, definitely doable. Mm. Um, I don't think. I mean, there's not a number. I, I can't like throw a number out there that I don't even think is doable, just because the sport is so new and, I, and advancements. You know,
0: I think too that it is difficult to uh, define what a what a real record is because of the, of mm-hmm. conditions and and. Um, Uh, All of the different factors that we've talked about. It's difficult to definitively say something is a a world record. And so many federations have international wings that have uh, world records and they're not obviously definitive in any way. So it's difficult to pin this down. But uh to wrap things up, um we were talking about the WPO coming back and, and being on ESPN. Tell me about oh, yeah. what tell me about what Hoff you think might do there cuz the, those numbers are are, you know, crazy in the most extreme gear and he's yeah. the guy who's done the most um ever and then uh tell people how to actually find this um uh meet.
2: Well, the meet's going to be on ESPN3. So you can get ESPN3 if you live in the U.S. and you have ESPN in your cable package. If you can turn on a TV and find any ESPN network on it, Mm -hmm. then you can also access the ESPN app on your phone, your smart TV, mobile device. You can log on to it at work. It's on a Monday. It starts at 1 p.m. Go to lunch. Come home. Tell your boss you're busy. Uh, turn your volume down. We will have great commentators and announcers. Uh, we'll have Donnie Thompson on the mic, uh, Matt Martucci from ESPN. Um, but mute it, watch it online. Uh, depending on who your cable provider is, you might have to put in like your cable provider email and and password or whatnot. Um, and I'm sure if you live elsewhere that there's someone industrious on Reddit who will have already <laughs> done a workaround.
0: <laughs> Probably um, so.
2: Yeah, I can't advertise for you to do that, but I can't stop anyone from having already done that for you. Um, and you just stumbling upon it. But uh, yeah, so Monday, October 28th at 1 p.m. Um, if you miss it, it's cool. You can still, uh, you know, your friends might be talking about it, but you can still go back and watch a replay on ESPN3 on the ESPN app uh, for like a year. You oh. can keep watching it. I know that a lot of you all are obsessive. Uh, what was the other thing that you wanted me to talk about? Here? <laughs> oh, <Hoff>. yeah. <laughs> what, what might Hoff do? Yeah. Um, Hoff, I think, is going to do something really big. Um, he has currently the highest all-time coefficient. Um, the WPO uses a multiply coefficient called a Gloss Brenner. That's kind of like Multiply's version of the Wilks. Uh, Hoff already has the highest of all time in that. Uh, multiply, uh, especially on the men's side, is one of the rare instances where the, the biggest total and the highest uh, coefficient are the same person. Mm. Um, so that'll be a neat thing. You might see records in both, but I, right now his, his best all time is 3,014.9. Um, hence his Instagram name at (sighs) Mr. 3k 14. But I think that we might see, uh, something crazy, uh, in comparison to that, the kind of jump that you see in the numbers from, uh, you know, that, that we saw from like Usain Bolt and track where just all of a sudden the hundred meter time went down, you know, three tenths of a second in, you know, a year from the same guy. Um, I, I think there's a realistic shot at, you know, skipping through the rest of the three thousands altogether and going straight to the 31 hundreds, That's which again is insane. Yeah. Um, and, but again, Hoff has, he has the three biggest totals in history. He has 12 of the top 15. He has 14 of the top 25. Um, he's a generational talent in that, you know, in that arena. And you'll get to see kind of how close the next, the next people are. Then on the other side, because you can't forget the women, we've got Crystal Tate, who uh, was the first woman to squat 700 raw. Um She has, I believe, 16 uh, all-time world records. Almost all of those. I think like 14 of those are raw. Um, She has either the second or third highest raw total for a woman. But now she also has the second highest geared total. And she'll be going after Becca Swanson, who is the only woman to have ever totaled 2,000. And she totaled 2,050. I want to say,
0: sounds a bit uh, right. but
2: we, yeah, but we might see both the men's and women's um, all time total records, you know, the largest in the, the larger sport of powerlifting. We might see both of those fall uh, and we might see a meet where not only, you know, do people, not only did, you know, someone come out and do a huge total, But also a meet where the winners on both sides, because I don't believe there's been a large raw meet where this has happened, uh, or even a large single ply, where the winner on both sides, the men's and women's, by both coefficient and total, were the same two people.
0: Mm. Wow.
2: I like stats. I don't know if y'all can tell. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, thanks for joining us for this conversation. Where can people find you?
2: Uh, you can find me on Instagram um, and Facebook, uh, at Westside Film. And uh, as always, go uh, go watch my movie. It's on Netflix. There you go. Uh, and if you don't have Netflix, well, then go buy it, because uh, I would like to own a house one day. <laughs> uh, Westside vs. the World, Netflix, Amazon, iTunes, and Vimeo,
0: if you are international. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Michael. Thanks for having
1: me. All right. You can find me, Mike, 2Ks, Instagram, Twitter. Be sure to give us a rating and review, iTunes, Spotify. All that stuff really helps. Appreciate you guys.
0: I am at McD on all the social medias. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter. 50% Facts, where percent is a word. And we'll talk to you next time.